but I never look at the commission. I'm only concerned what this can do for my client. Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast, where we interview successful small business owners for you and help guide you to a strong and profitable business. Today, we have Marty Pay with Marty Pay Insurance, who will guide us on the importance of customer service, what patriotism means to him, and how we as business owners must act on the ever-changing trends of business. But before we get into this wide-ranging interview, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Tim McNeely with Lifestone Wealth Management understands that most entrepreneurs like you simply want to make a difference in the lives of the people they love and the causes they care about. In order to do that, you need assistance in solving all of your unique financial needs. The problem is, your current financial advisor wants to talk about what a great job they are doing managing your investment portfolio, and that can leave you feeling frustrated and misunderstood. Tim believes you deserve financial advice that moves beyond your portfolio. Tim understands that you need advice on minimizing taxes, taking care of the next generation, and protecting your hard-earned assets, all while supporting the causes you are passionate about. That is why, for the last 20 years, Tim has focused on providing advice beyond investments. Here's how it works. First, you and Tim meet, and he learns what really matters to you. Then... Tim presents a plan for moving forward, making real progress towards achieving your most important goals. To get started, contact Tim at lifestonewm.com. That's lifestonewm.com. And start making a difference in the lives of the people you love and the causes you care about. Fellow small business owners, let me ask you something. Can your employees explain your business to their loved ones in one sentence or less? Now, imagine your customers and clients and how they feel. Small Business Celebration guides small business owners like yourself to a strong and successful business through coaching and customized workshops. Small Business Celebration can guide you and your business through a seven-step process to clarify your message, a message that will be effective in your elevator pitch, your marketing, and be memorable to your customers and clients. If you want to clarify your message, increase your business presence, and become memorable in your marketing material, join us at smallbusinesscelebration.com. Clarify your message. Be memorable. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com today. Welcome, business owners. Today we are interviewing Marty Pay of Marty Pay Insurance Agency here in beautiful Tehachapi. Personally, I'm a little jealous. I'm a, I'm a little upset that I took the opportunity to move to Bakersfield, where the temperature <laughs> is 10 to 15 degrees hotter every day. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's. I love living in Tehachapi, and one of the fortunate opportunities I got when I lived in Tehachapi was to meet our guest today, Marty Pay, who has helped me tremendously in my previous business experience and life and finding the most obscure ways of covering some of the strangest projects <laughs> I have ever done. So welcome to the show, Marty. Well, Michael, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, a couple of weeks ago when it was 
you know, 28 degrees in the morning, you wouldn't have been so happy to be living here in Tehachapi. You know, when they say Tehachapi <clears throat> is the land of four seasons, and some of the, which are all on the same day, yes. I, I, I kind of miss that. <laughs> I kind of miss yes. that. But the nice thing is, is unlike Mammoth and North Dakota mm-hmm. and Green Bay, Wisconsin, when it does snow in Tehachapi, you can broom it off your, your porch yes. and, and still get to, to work or your job or or wherever you need to go. Yeah, and no, I so see you, you, you said Green Green Bay, I'm envisioning going to a football game in four feet of snow. <laughs> and that's why I'm a Vikings fan. We are smart enough to go inside Indoor. a dome. <laughs> so, uh, if yes. you, so if you didn't know about Marty Pay Insurance Agency, he off, he's with a Farmers Insurance, and he offers insurance services for, for home, auto, life, and business. And he's been doing this for 38 years. Holy cow. 38 years. Oh, my God. (laughs) 28 of which have been in Kern County. So good for you on that. So, and he's actually been awarded a few very key awards. He just recently, as in last week, received the 2018 Faculty of the Year Award from the University of Phoenix. Now, why did you receive that award? Well, Michael, one of my um, the great thing about this kind of business is you have some free time, and it allows you to do the things you want to do, which is how you stay interested in the business for me. And I, I love to teach. And uh, I've been teaching the last six years at University of Phoenix. I went back... 15 years ago and got my master's, and I've been teaching there for the last five or six years. And for some ungodly reason, the students <laughs> <laughs> nominated and elected me as the faculty of the year, So, which doesn't show a lot of great judgment on their part, but what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I beg to differ. I well, beg thank to differ. you. You've thank been you. a great teacher, not just for me, but for a lot of other people. And oh, I'm sure you. we've got legions of students that uh, will be stopping you in parking lots and telling you about of their successes because of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Michael. One of the other awards that you received last year that you said was a complete surprise to you was the Small Business Association Veteran-Owned Small Business Owner of the Year. Tell us about that. What yeah, that was another. I mean, the last two years I've been honored and very surprised. That uh, that came out of left field. Uh, I, I I remember getting the phone call saying, you know, you're nominated for this award. I went, oh, that's lovely. Thinking, well, you know, me and twenty other guys. But uh, then three weeks later, I got the call that I that I won the award. And uh, it's again, you know, I, I spent a little time in the Marines, and and you know, it, it's just a veteran category. It has nothing to do with your service, but. Probably just the longevity, as long as I've been doing this, and the fact that that I've been fairly successful, thank God, and that uh, that entitled me to the to the be be in line for the awards. So I was I was very honored by that. Good. Well, and one of the things I also noticed when you gave me the the nickel tour of your office mm-hmm. was that you received it when you were on a previous radio show. You received a very special award from the troops that were stationed out in the Middle East. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had a radio show in Bakersfield for four years on weekends, and um, I didn't realize that um, a lot of the soldiers in Iraq were listening to our show, so they by podcast or whatever other method, and they sent us a flag that had been flown in a combat mission. Wow. And uh, it was just really impressed, and it's sitting, as as you know, on my mantle there next to another flag that we have from the 9-11 Museum. And what's special about that flag? Well, that particular flag has, in the stripes, are the names of everyone killed on 9-11. So it's a very special flag. 
Excellent, excellent. And you hang it and display them both proudly. Yes, yes, I do. And the third award that I've noticed that you, or the recognition that I've noticed that you have listed here is 20 Years Toppers Club for Farmers Insurance. Now, I'm guessing the Toppers Club is not a certificate of appreciation or a certificate of of participation from from Farmers Insurance. Son of a gun, I missed that participation (laughs) award. (laughs) And this this sounds like this is an award that you have to earn. This is something you have to work for. Tell us a little bit about the Toppers Award. What a revolutionary concept. It's something you have to earn. (laughs) Well, I've been fortunate. Uh, I've got a great clientele. I've got a great staff. And we won the award 22 times. It's, it's uh, dependent upon a certain amount of service as well as sales and marketing and the whole bit. So uh, customer referrals, that type of thing. Well, excellent. Well, so. Wonderful. So it's it's not just coming to the top of the heat but maintaining your yes. business success. Yes. And yeah. what is what, And how do you maintain that quality of – that level of quality and that level of success? It's you know it's one of those things that you have to you have to be willing to change with the times. You mm-hmm. can't do things the same way you've you've done them in the past. And anybody that's been in business for any length of time, you know, realizes that business is constantly changing. Right. There, there's a saying I, I love to put on the board when I'm teaching marketing and leadership, and that saying is, if railroads knew they were in the transportation business, not the train business, they'd be making cars today. Right. So, you know, you have to realize that business changes, and if you don't change along with it, you're going to be left behind. Right, right. So, and nowadays, trains deliver and ship cars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Made by somebody else. Made by somebody else, exactly, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you just have to be willing to to keep up with the times and constantly be willing to learn. So how has the customer changed in the insurance business in the last 10 years? Well, a lot of a lot of things are done online. Right. Uh, a lot of the marketing is done online. It, it's funny. I I, uh, I teach a master's marketing class mm-hmm. at, over at University of Phoenix, and one of the projects we did was you know going into uh, marketing done on social media, and I gave a few examples, and then it made me think of my own marketing. I looked at my own marketing and realized that I was behind the times in one of the aspects of marketing that I was teaching because I hadn't taken the time to look at it myself. What was that? Well, it was just, um, you know, making sure you have people that, you know, would you please give us a five-star rating or whatever? Because, you know, a lot of times the ratings, your your position in the ratings depends upon how many five-star ratings you have. Right, right. And if you don't ask for them, you're not going to get them. Right. So so I, I, I did that, and sh- sure enough, within two or three weeks, we were back up to to number one in the ratings. Well, so. good. Well, congratulations yeah, on thank that. Thank you. Thank you. One of the things that I've noticed as I've gone through and interviewed a lot of small business owners is, especially the successful ones, they usually started in another business that they that they didn't do so well at, that they learned from, or <laughs> or they were entrepreneurs from the very beginning, as mm-hmm. in, you know, at the age of eight years old, mowing lawns and right. that sort of thing. How how did you get the the, the small business owner bug? Boy, it's funny. I, it was really the furthest thing from my mind. Mm-hmm. When I got out of the Marines, I uh, went back to school, got an associate degree, and, and uh, decided to uh, – I was working for Ma Bell at the time, mm-hmm. Pac Bell. And I just wanted to get into management. That was my whole thing. And I, I, was, I wasn't able to get into management. This is the early 70s. Right. I wasn't able to get into management because at that time, Ma Bell was the first – one of the few companies initially that – you know, wouldn't hire people unless you fit a certain demographic. Right. 
so I so they told me they came out and told me you know that you won't get promoted for seven years. Then they offered my wife who worked there the job that I was in line for at <laughs> <laughs> insult injury, right? So a, a friend of mine was in insurance, worked for the auto club at the time, AAA, and he said, why don't you come work for us and then, you know, do well for a couple of years as, as an agent and they'll make you a manager. So I, I went, okay. So I did that, did, you know, fairly well for the first couple of years, kept on asking them about management and they kept on saying, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll back get, to get back to you. By the time they asked me, I was having so much fun as an agent, I went, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So, so I stayed as an agent. I was there for about seven years, seven, eight years. So I actually have 45 years in this business. Wow. Yeah, I hate to, hate to mention that <laughs> or admit that. But anyway, so um, I remember coming back from lunch one day, and I had about 20 messages, and nobody else had any messages at all. What they did is their system at that time, they spread out renewals. So if you wrote a lot of business uh-huh. – your business was spread out amongst everybody else. Oh. So I'm still getting the calls for other people's business, and I'm not going to switch them to the other guy. I'll, right. I'll handle it. So I got to the point where I looked at that, and I went, wait a minute. Why don't I have my own agency and my own business, uh-huh. and then I can grow as much as I want to, depending sure. upon how hard I want to work? Sure. So that's when I left and, and started my own agency. Nice, so. nice. Now, do you have... You have a lot of you've had a lot of success over the years, and a lot of it, as I've I've noticed with other small business owners, is that they're very keen on a particular philosophy, a particular either a spiritual or a business philosophy mm-hmm. that helps motivate them and point their compass in the direction and has made them successful. What's yours? If I had to narrow it down to one thing, it would be customer service because uh-huh. you know I I never. You know, obviously, it's human nature. If it's a very huge account, you might look at what the bottom line is going to be. But I never look at the commission. Mm. I'm only concerned in what this can do for my client. So knock on wood, I have a lot of clients I've had. I've got some clients I've had for 40 years, so for a long time. That comes. So. That sounds like the philosophy that Zig Ziglar talks about. Yes. Whereas if you help enough people get what yes. they want, you'll get what you want. I'm a very big believer in Zig Ziglar. <laughs> I'd seen him a couple times, right? Know, and uh, you know his philosophy on business is is the only way to do it, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And so when you you started your own company, started your own business, mm-hmm. and started getting your own contacts and bringing them in, and what was that turning point or that aha moment when you realized that you could actually make it as a small business owner? Ooh, boy, that's a good question. I, I can tell you the most difficult moment I had, uh-huh. okay? And, and after that, I never looked back. I was, I was um, in the district office in the old Hamburger Hamlet building in Sherman Oaks. Okay. And I didn't even have a desk because I was the newbie, even though I'd had eight years in the business already. I was the newbie, and I, was, I had my table, and I would put my box under the table at the end of the night. <laughs> and I'm sitting there at 8 o'clock at night, and I got this little table lamp, okay? Right. And I'm thinking... Oh, my God, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) And the phone rang. I picked it up. It was my old partner who was now a a farmer's agent in in Las Vegas. And Mm -hmm. he called me up and he said, you know, I remember it was about that time, about this time that I really felt pretty low. Thought I'd give you a call. And after that call, it was like, you know, okay, I think I can, I think I can do this. And I never looked back after that. After listening to this, one of the things that... sounds like too is that you seem to understand your customers and their needs quite mm-hmm. well is there has there been an event or a, a, 
a point that happened where you realized that you were in the same boat that your customers were in and, and you sat there and went, I know exactly how they feel and exactly what, what they need? I, I think you have to have that attitude from the beginning mm -hmm. because you have to think in terms of the customer, not in terms of you. And every customer is different. And it's really, to me, this is not really a, a sales job. A lot of people look at it as a sales job. It's not. Right. It's, it's really an information job, mm. you know, where I'm explaining to people, you know, exactly what they need. Right. And whether or not they want to take it or not is their decision. My job is to get the information out, to give them what they need for their situation. And then whether or not they want it or not is up to them. Right, right, right. So, and and I, I've been... I've been an expert at, dis at different e aspects of this business because, you know, my philosophy as far as the business model uh -huh. is you will always have at least one gun to shoot with. The trick is to shoot the heck out of it and then go to the next one when that one's empty. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now I'll give you an example. Sure. Um, I can remember when I was with the auto club, I was the largest boat agent in the state of California for about two years. Okay. I was a water skier. It was a natural market for me. Mm -hmm. I had a product that was fantastic, and I went after it. Right. Uh, in 1990, when Congress came up with the Roth IRA, mm -hmm. nobody recognized the advantage to it. Nobody. Mm. The accounting associations were against it. Everybody was. I looked at it and went, this is a gold mine. Right. I, I must have sold two or 300 Roths that year, the first year. Okay. Nice. Uh, and it, again, it's because there was a natural market there, and there was an advantage that people weren't taking advantage of. Sure. So you know you become an expert at different things depending upon what your market is. Excellent. It sounds like that you spend a lot of your time tailoring the products and services to your specific clients. And yes, definitely. Okay. Most definitely. Well, sure. excellent. This is uh, we're going to go ahead and take a little bit of a shift here, out of getting out of the nuts and bolts of business, sure. and, and and go into some more interesting. I shouldn't say interesting, but more personal kinds of things. You just mentioned that you used to water ski. Do you still continue to water ski? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No. I still have the ski, Michael, but I don't have the boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Tatchby does have a lake, but it's not very not big. Not the same kind of lake. <laughs> And 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 plus, it's funny. I loved water skiing. It was a lot of fun. But a friend of mine the other day, we were talking about skiing, and he said, you know what the two most important days in a water skier's life is? I said, what? He said, the best day is the day you bought the boat, and the second best day is the day you sold, sold the boat. Sold the boat. Yes, exactly. Because exactly. <laughs> you're married to it. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, yeah. A lot of business owners that I've noticed also, who have a lot of success also tend to have a lot of rituals and habits that help keep their frame of mind focused on their success. Do you have a, a morning ritual, a morning routine that you follow that helps get you in the right mindset for, for business and, and your excellent customer service? I, I think I think it changes depending upon, you know, also your age and also your ambition and things. Sure. I do a lot of bike riding. That's my thing. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of long-distance bike riding. Oh, okay. So okay. I'll either go for a ride in the morning or I'll get behind my recumbent and do that. Uh, I also... First thing I do, even if when I'm bike riding at home, is I'll turn on a business show, usually Varney and Company, okay. and kind of get a feel for what you know the market's doing and what the you know what the business world is is, is looking at that particular day. Sure. So, and, and being able to see what's coming down the pike and being able to adjust your business to you what's bet. coming down. Sure. Now, one of the things I've also noticed is that you're an avid reader. Yes. What What book are you reading right now? Well, I do a lot of. 
audible.com okay okay because i'm i'm like you i'm in the car a lot right and and my my choice of books is all over the board right now i'm i'm uh, just finishing up it worked for me by colin powell oh okay on uh, life and leadership hmm. excellent book how so well he's you know he's he's admitted his mistakes he's made a lot of mistakes you know like we all do sure <clears throat> but he's also had a lot of successes and He's learned more from the – he's willing to admit that he's learned more from the failures than he has the successes. And I think that's a problem a lot of people have is they're – they not only won't accept the failure, they won't learn from it. Mm, mm-hmm. And he's he's one of those guys that's more than willing to say, hey, I fouled up here and this is what I've learned from that experience. You know, in, in leadership, if you don't – well, if, if – as in a business, if you don't admit that you're making a mistake or you've made a mistake, right. what happens is you've got this artificial glass ceiling you've created for yourself. Right. And you'll never get past it until you're able to admit the fact that you do make mistakes and you've made a mistake. And so. you're willing to study and learn from Yes. Them. Because no mistake is really a failure mm-hmm. unless you don't learn from it. There's a great story that uh, I learned at business school many, many years ago. story about a man who hired this uh, master's graduate, highly qualified and everything. First thing he did out of the shoot is make a $100,000 mistake. Mm-hmm. So the boss calls him in, and this guy knows he's going to get fired. Right. So he's sitting there, and the boss is talking about the next project he has him working on. And the guy's about to leave the room, and he can't help it. He turns around, and he goes, Sir, I thought you were going to fire me after what happened. He says, fire you. I just spent $100,000 training you. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds like a Carnegie story. Yes, ever, it does. It I does. <laughs> With all the books that you've, writ- that you've read, what's a book that you frequently gift to people? Oh, wow. A um, couple books for a couple different reasons. Uh-huh. The Art of War is one of them. Okay. Okay. Right. You have the smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Excellent book. <laughs> Excellent book. Um, Those who don't believe that business is war don't truly understand business. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, a book by Gates that I love, A Passion for Leadership. Hmm. Excellent book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, for more of the spiritual side of things, there's a great book I love called Between Heaven and Hell. Okay. I don't know if you realize this, but um, John F. Kennedy... Alexis Huxley and uh, uh, C.S. Lewis all died on the same day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So here you have three people that are the three extreme ends of, you know, rel- of, of thought, religious right. thought. The story is they meet in heaven huh. and discuss what happens next. Wow. <laughs> so it's, it's a great book. Wow. wow. But it kind of frees your mind a little bit. Sure. That type of book. So, so your faith is very important to you. Yes. And yeah. and one of the things I did notice in your office is it's very prominent. There's a lot of business owners that aren't willing to, to be able to go ahead and show their faith on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. And how has your faith worked or influenced your business life? Well, it's um, from my point of view, it all centers around that because, mm-hmm. you know, again, in my world, it's the customer, not me. Right. And that stems from my faith. Okay. Now, I've, I've been in situations where I'll give you a crazy example. I can remember when I, when I was doing a lot of radio in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I was on KFI. And the producer and the show, we were on totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. Okay. 
And after my second appearance on the show, the producer came up to me and said, I have a lot of insurance questions. Would you take care of my insurance for me? And I asked him, I said, we don't agree on much of anything. He said, <laughs> I know I can trust you. Right. See? Right. So, you know, and if you can be that kind of beacon, then you're successful in sure. my mind. Absolutely. So. So how do you see business and, and evolving in the future from here? Ooh, good question. I think it depends on the business. Uh-huh. You know, businesses are changing. I, I think you're going to see a lot more. There's really a lot of opportunity for more entrepreneurs out there. Mm-hmm. How come? Well, because you're looking at artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a lot of opportunities. I mean, I, I when you walked into my office today, I had a client who, uh, you know, who's who's – for the last 30, 40 years I've known him, the guy's a true entrepreneur. He's always involved in something different. You know, right now he's doing a lot of things with uh, hemp and marijuana, the legal portion of it. Sure, you know? sure. So, you know, there's a whole other field that's opening up there. So business is constantly changing. And, again, there's new avenues that are opening up. Mm-hmm. And you have to be open to those avenues and not look in terms of, you know, look in terms of the rearview mirror. Look in terms of what's going on ahead of us. It's going to be a totally different world with artificial intelligence. How so? Well, I think it's a little scary. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Boston Dynamics is a great example. I don't know if you've seen their Mm-mm. their work. Oh, take a look at their website. I highly recommend it. But it's amazing what AI can already do. Oh yeah. So it's going to take a lot of the lower end level jobs away. Right. It's also going to take a lot of the higher end jobs away down the road mm. there's been some great articles on this mm-hmm. so again it, it's going to help the entrepreneur because that mind is always going to be needed sure because there's always going to be new jobs and new fields to go into right those people that aren't willing to look at it that way mm-hmm. that are just going to want to work for an hourly wage may have a hard time because they may be replaced right right so right. the world's changing it is it is and from a personal standpoint, I hope that all those people and developers in Silicon Valley and mm-hmm. whatnot who are building AI have at least at least read, read the Cliff's Notes versions of Isaac Asimov's robot series. Oh yes, <laughs> because we are in trouble if they haven't. Well, you know, Facebook last year had the two computers that were talking to each other right. in a language that nobody else understood, and they unplugged them. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So Terminator is upon us. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope not. I but, hope not. But, you know, it is – we are seeing AI change things. I, yes. I just recently purchased a new vehicle, and one of the things that it does is it has the ability to do depth perception between you and the car in yes. front of you. And it's able to automatically speed up and slow down based on the car in front of you and people cutting you off in front of you. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that surprised me is that – it almost forces you to use your turn signal now, which seems like a small thing, uh-huh. but the steering wheel actually f- follows the dotted lines and actually mm-hmm. turns your car back into the line if it thinks that you're you're not trying to yes. change lanes. Yes. And that's all artificial intelligence. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 not only here but it's going to of course with the whole autonomous car thing coming. Sure. And I, sure. and and I just well, the question I have for you on that is how do you think insurance is going to change? You know, the, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but we have the autonomous car and it gets into an accident where somebody was behind the wheel. Who's at fault? Wow. Well, I would initially go after the manufacturer because it's a 
you know, completed operations situation for him. But at the same time, it was the driver who should have been paying attention and stayed awake. I guarantee you, knowing attorneys as well as I do, they will make sure everybody is mentioned in the lawsuit. <laughs> everybody is. Everybody. Everybody is yeah, equally, equally sued and covered. Yes. Sure. And then, who, you know, wherever the insurance lies, it lies. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is a, a little bit of a flashback kind sure. of a moment, but what would you tell your 18-year-old self today? Wow. I would tell my 18-year-old self to invest more in the future. In gold? In gold. <laughs> we we, we talked, had that conversation. We had a brief conversation. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about that story. We, we were talking about investments, you and I, and I remember um, just getting out of the service. I was going back to school, and I remember it like it was yesterday. There was a guy in a uh, public speaking class who was telling us to buy gold. Mm-hmm. And gold at that time was forty nine dollars an ounce. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to buy gold at forty nine dollars an ounce today. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and and you know w- one thing I would I would tell entrepreneurs or people that are contemplating doing it. Uh, I, and I've had this conversation with some of my students where it's well, there's you know we don't have the opportunity we had twenty years ago or forty years ago. Yes, we do. It's just different, right? And you have to figure out what it is for you. What your interests are and what you know how that fits into the total scheme of things, right? And and the sky's the limit. It is. It is. I heard an interesting conversation earlier today in another interview that will be broadcast later. But they were talking about how, as a business owner, and you want to go into business for yourself, you need to do something that you're passionate about. Yes. Not something that is oh that would be nice, but something yes. that's really really passionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or you have to have a business that allows you to do different things. You Such know, like in, well, like in my case, I've been able to teach on the side, which right. is great. Went back and got my master's in my 50s. Uh, and I have also had the radio show for years, you know, and I've, I finally let go of it because it's just I've got too much going on. So I've had things that I've, that I've enjoyed doing that are outside of the realm of insurance, and it's kept the insurance end of it interesting for me. Right. Right, right, so. right. Well, very good. Well, thank you very much, Marty, for joining us on Small Business Celebration. This has been a delight and a joy, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Michael, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business in the California, San Joaquin Valley you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.